0: Hey, Cracked fans. With the summer months just around the corner, we know all of you are beginning to think about how you can best maximize your chances to improve your game with the warm weather. Well, thankfully, we here at Crack Rackets are so excited to tell all of you about the 254 tennis camp happening this summer at Baylor University. Now, over the course of three weeks in June, starting June 12th through the 16th and ending June 26th through the 30th, you'll have the opportunity to learn from 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 some of the best coaches in the business in an all-encompassing tennis experience. You'll have the opportunity to improve each and every part of your game, whether that be on the singles court, whether that be on the doubles court, through drilling, through point play, match play as well. You'll also, of course, receive a free t-shirt for participating in the camp, but also have the chance to see yourself broadcasted. As our Crack Rackets team will be providing coverage of the final day each week at this two-five-four tennis camp. Again, you'll have the opportunity to learn from some of the best coaches in the business. I promise, Coach Michael Woodson and the Baylor team going to make it an extraordinarily enjoyable time. How can you get signed up today? Well, you can learn more information by visiting the Baylor website by going to baylor.edu slash athletics slash tennis camp again that's baylor.edu slash athletics slash tennis camp to sign up today now this camp open to any and all entrants but limited only by age number grade level and or gender again you can learn more about this camp by going to baylor.edu slash athletics slash tennis camp today don't miss out folks gonna be three very exciting fun weeks of tennis down at baylor university be sure to sign up for the 254 tennis camp happening at Baylor today. Welcome to the mini break. Your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world today is Sunday, May 22nd. Now, of course, it's day one of the 2022 French Open, the year's second Grand Slam officially underway in Paris. So many fantastic matches for us to discuss over the course of the next two weeks. However, that is not the focus of today's show, because as all of you listeners know, there is just one day remaining in the 2022 college tennis team season. Season, the NCAA Championships this Sunday, we know who will be competing to be, for the right to be named the 2022 National Champion. Of course, these past few days have featured some outstanding college tennis here in Champaign. And hopefully all of you listeners have been tuning into the coverage. You can find all of it on the Tennis One app. It's been so exciting for me personally to be on the broadcast with my Cation Haley Carter. And it's the gift that keeps on giving. Yesterday, after the days were done, I was talking about about the matches, I had a moment of reflection looking in the mirror where I was like, damn, I just called the NCAA semifinals with the finals still to go. But of course, with all of that action in the books, so much. For us to discuss here on today's show. And what we want to do for all of you listeners here today is offer our takeaways. More, more full recaps of yesterday's semifinals and quarterfinal takeaways more broadly. But then, of course, we've got a preview. The 2022 NCAA Men's and Women's Division One Championships on the men's side, 3 p.m. Central time. It's going to be Kentucky taking on UVA. Seven seed versus an eight seed. We'll break down how both of those teams got there on today's show. Preview how we think the match is going to unfold. Of course, on the women's side, it's Red River rivalry number four. Let's try that again. Red River rivalry number four as Oklahoma going to take on defending national champions, Texas, as always for Oklahoma. It's been a dramatic week here in Champaign. A couple of 4-3 victories propelling them to the final for this Texas team. It's clearly a team that is peaking at exactly the right moment. And we want to break down, again, the mechanics of how each of those teams got to the final. Talk about the match calculus for that final as as well, of course, if you're gonna try and do all of that in the course of one podcast, you better have some help. And thankfully, I do here on today's show and recording joining me on the podcast today, I should say, in person for the first time. A man who has been here since the start of the quarterfinals in Champaign, a man who has been here on our Cracked Racket shows since the start of the twenty twenty two college tennis season as well. You know him as a returning champion here on our Cracked Racket Shows, your co favorite writer on our website, CrackRackets.com, the man who may have received more grief than anyone here over the course of the past four days in Champagne, and of course our friend it's John J. Parson. Jay great to get to do this in person welcome back to the show how are you feeling after three days of action? I'm a little tired yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, but this out-of-body experience helps right now doing this live truly from the tennis world mm-hmm. uh, in person and look shout out to you my friend four years ago doing the podcast from probably some broom closet <laughs> in the forest you know, now on the broadcast for the semis yesterday, the finals today, I mean, such a huge accomplishment. College chances, is very lucky to have you, and I'm just thankful and lucky to be sitting here today doing this with you in person
0: you are extraordinarily kind for saying that and we should start here to all of the parents the fans the players the coaches who have come up and spoken with us and expressed their appreciation for what we're doing here at crack Rackets, please know it does mean the world to us and Jay, Jay can see it in my face my ego right now just through the roof I don't know if there's enough room on this dais for me and you here it's why right the hair now is so big
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's growing up it's
0: exactly growing it's just it's a poof for every compliment <laughs> one new strand emerges hopefully um, but Sincerely, to all the parents who have come up, cannot thank you enough. To those who have given us grief, I I also appreciate that as well. Here's what I'll say. He didn't ask me to do this. My campaign, hashtag, give Jay more love. Like, I, I'm i on a campaign here, Jay, to have people show you their appreciation because, of course, it's very easy for me to come on here and be half glass half full and, you know, try to compliment all of these players at the same time. If we didn't have a yang to my yin, the show would suck. And you have always been that yang, and you've kept me honest, and I think you've been honest about the way we assess the college tennis world. So, obviously, as always, I appreciate you uh, and your efforts here throughout the course of these couple of weeks. But I will ask you, and I know this is self-indulgent. I apologize, listeners. Kind of cool, right? Like it, It has been awesome to see the Cracked Rackets community and the people who are following along with this college tennis here in Champaign. Has it been as fun of an experience for you?
1: It's been fun. You know, yeah. I mean, it starts with, like, the, the up-down look, and they try and, like, maybe look at your media path. Like, <laughs> I recognize that face. I'm not sure. Um, so it's been fun. It's cool to know, you know, people are listening. Um, so shout out to people who have come up and, and share their thoughts regardless. Yeah. Right? Um, win or lose, they share their thoughts. Where the, yeah, win or lose, they share their thoughts, they're listening. Um, and that's all we ask for, by the way. All we ask for, you know. Just big college tennis fans.
0: And, you know, if we're engaging the community in any way, I think that's good. Yeah, we're team passion. And sometimes that passion leads to people chewing us out. You know what I'm alluding to. Other times it's, you know, again, that passion is shared because it's a shared victory or something, again, a compliment someone sent. So to all of you who continue to interact with us, again, that was the point of these podcasts there are so many of us who feel the same passion that Jay and I do about college tennis and to be able to connect with all of you here at the Super Bowl of College Tennis here at this NCAA Division 1 men's and women's championships it's meant everything to us so again appreciate all of you who have done so if you hear this podcast you haven't said hello come up and say hello we're very approachable i like to think at this point yep. and and i feel like you don't got just your give answers the down don't yeah just give the up down exactly yeah. not just the up i mean i like to be checked out don't like give me the up down still let's be but clear oh. yeah you know. but then introduce yeah, exactly. yourself and say, hey, I liked what I see, or like, hey, a few more squats, Alex. The other thing I have to say, and I just need a fact check here, sorry, Westoff, leave this in, do I look that tired? Like, the amount of people who are like, you look like you haven't opened your eyes in in four weeks. I'm like, no, I think this is the standard deviation of my eye. Like, this is how it looks. (laughs) Maybe it's just the in-person. Yeah, okay. Different in-person, maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm going to bank on. Um, I think you look the same. Yeah. Zoom, in-person. Okay, am I right? Well, you know, you bring that up. I heard you were watching the club tennis video yesterday with uh, my guys, Nate. And, I was, and I'm was. i not hurt. I've, I've watched it. <laughs> Nate was watching it. Yeah. And they were like, they gave me the reaction. They were like, who was that? They were like, that was a different person. I was like, no, that's still me. I was like, I'm the same guy. I was like, you guys are crazy. But again... All of that said, you didn't come here to hear Jay and I wax poetically about our fun experience here. it wouldn't here. be a podcast without the club tennis. Park. Yeah, well, had to. No, I didn't even mention club tennis there, did I? Oh, I did. Yeah, about the video. It was more the video than the club tennis part. But by the way, you the know video it's been his national championship it, winning. You said team. it, not me. But you know, what has been very cool is to see different just different fans come out I know there were members former members of the Florida Club tennis team from my era are a little bit younger than me who flew out to Champaign because they' were like I want to watch this NCAA championship. obviously you and your dad have been doing that 12 years 13 years this is year yeah 12? right or yeah because you're almost bar mitzvah next year we talked about that earlier that's how I remembered it. it it's so cool and what I would recommend to anyone go book your flight right now 2023 where are we next year Orlando right and it's yeah. division one two and three Huge. all overlapping so go book your flight now go book your hotel like known as a beautiful place we'll give you the rundown and we'll worry about that next year yep. of course for now we're gonna focus on the NCAA championships coming up and again men's final 3 p.m. Central Time here on Sunday Sunday the women's final 7 p.m. Central Time you're able to watch both of those matches here our coverage over on the Tennis One app with that in mind of course we got to talk about how we got there and the reason we've been able to do that all season long is because of the support we've gotten from all of you because of the support we've gotten of course from our patreon family and the support we've gotten from our friends at Tennis Point and as we alluded to Gotten to hang out with my guy, Nate Walrath of Tennis Point. He's on site. I know Bart's on site as well. And look, again, Tennis Point is spreading their love, spreading that community, trying to offer everyone out there the opportunity to secure the best equipment at the best prices. And look, you've earned it. Go buy yourself that new racket. Go get yourself that new pair of shoes. Outfit yourself appropriately for the emergence of summertime tennis. You can find everything you're looking for at all the best prices by going to tennis point.com. Again, tennis point.com. Use that promo code CR15. You'll get 15% off your order. Free two day shipping on all orders exceeding $75. Best of all, a free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls. Tennis point. Simple, not the spelling. Tennis point.com. The promo code is CR15. All right nine minutes in the books. Let's talk about the tennis we've seen unfold. And again, what we're going to do is focus more on the semifinal results, previewing the final. We will, of course, offer some quarterfinal takeaways as well, but we're going to chronologically through the yesterday's semifinal results. Of course, that men's final coming up at 3 p.m. Central time. So we'll start there. If you'd like to scroll ahead, I suppose, I'm mean, going to imagine it's going to be about 30 minutes on each. So feel free to do so. But with that in mind, let's start with Kentucky. I just I didn't see this coming. And I think we talked all season long for this Kentucky team. We knew how strong they were at the top of their lineup. We know when you bring back a guy like number one, Liam Draxel, who had struggled this year. At one point, I believe he was 12 and six. And, you know, to win two thirds of your matches at the number one single spot, most coaches would sign up for that tomorrow. Obviously, when you have a guy like Draxel, who was number one in the country, who lost, what, two, three matches in total last season, was NCAA semifinalist. We expected a little bit more from him. That said, we have seen that Liam Draxel emerge here uh, in Champaign. And, you know, even beyond him, the top three in general, uh, multiple people, multiple coaches, players, fans have come up and asking, is Gabe Diallo the best player in college tennis right now? And I think, you know, for this Kentucky team, it starts with that top three. I know I didn't mention it, what Milan Hurrian did yesterday to J.J. Tracy. We didn't talk enough about I mean, we knew this top three was good. They might be the best top. I mean, they proved it this weekend. Certainly for this week, they are the best top three in the country. For this week? I I don't know about that, right? Because
1: Virginia goes two and a half. Oh, see, I like this. They they won it two, they won it three, and they split
0: it one against Florida. Well, here would be my difference is for this Kentucky team who dropped the doubles point against TCU, who dropped the doubles point against Ohio State. They won one, two, three, and four in back-to-back matches in the quarterfinals and the semifinals of the NCAA tournament. We both know, Jay, even going back to the Jameer Jenkins, Mitchell Frank, Alex Damishon days, like that Stanford quarterfinal. Thatcher and Klon beat Jenkins and, and Damishon and like it took, the bo- and the one, it took the bottom of the lineup for Virginia to separate themselves on that day. The point being, this never <laughs> happens at the NCAA tournament. And this top three for Kentucky, and Musatelli as well, who we'll get to in a second, but I want to start with the top three in particular. We knew they had the chance to be elite, to be this good. They have proven that they are this good this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think what you're getting at, right, is the, the pressure that that top three feels is probably more significant than maybe a Virginia team. Yes. Right? And so to do that with that sort of pressure is probably more impressive. Yes. Um, but look, I mean, you talked about Draxel's struggles earlier in the year. Diallo was out for a few matches with injury. You finally feel like they're really hitting their stride this week. Mm-hmm. Right, and they they have a maybe a more limited pathway. They have they've dropped doubles points in both matches, so to be able to find those victories and come out so strong in singles against both TCU and Ohio State feels like right now they're playing with house money. Right, mm-hmm. first semifinal, now first final, and Liam draxel that was a that was a performance yesterday at number one singles against Cannon Kingsley, and when he's playing like that, I mean he's going to be almost impossible
0: well, what was so amazing is how quickly they lost the doubles yesterday and ohio state was up breaks so quickly on court number one i think they broke hurry and and musatelli right off the bat and then you know weren't broken the rest of the way six three set one break for kingsley and tracy they are just on a completely different level than everyone else at that number three double spot and you know again it was a credit to styler and bickersteth in the quarterfinals that they played as well as they did we can get back to that but for Ohio State to take the doubles point, six-one decision at 3, decision at 1. It was 4-all at so 2, quick. and they won in about 20 minutes, yeah. 25 minutes. They also took three first sets, and those three first sets came from Cannon at 1, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Boulay at 5, Luchanik at 6. Now, Boulay at 5, given Lapidot's success, 17-1 at that number 5 singles position, that was certainly the surprising first set and the first set we had our eyes on. After, you know, again, following that wave of first sets, the last hour, hour 15 of this match, that's as good of a performance as you're going to see from any team in the country. And what Kentucky was able to do to close out, uh, you know, for Milan Hurrian, a one-and-two victory over an undefeated J.J. Tracy at the number three spot. Now, let's be abundantly clear, and our broadcast booth is right above that court. J.J. played awful yesterday, and I think he would be the first to admit that. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Mel, but to to break down J.J. the way that he did and to do the same thing the round prior against uh, who they play against, TCU, TCU. uh, against Jong, exactly, to beat Sander Jong in straight sets and then come indoors, indoors, and do that to J.J. Tracy, that's a senior stepping up in their final go at it, in their last round of matches. Like... I mean, again, he, I don't think he made an unforced error. Like, it, it was, it, and you talked about it. They felt the pressure because they had just gotten blitzed in doubles. It happened against TCU as well, although in that match, they played that doubles clo- point far closer, closer against TCU. And in both instances, it's the senior Hurrian who leads the team and puts that first point on the board. I just like, if they win today, he's your most outstanding player.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you use the word take apart, right, yeah. for JJ Tracy, and that's exactly what he did.
0: I've right? never seen JJ miss more inside-out forehands. Like I've just, he had the same ball yep. over and over again, and he just could not execute it. And credit to Milan, who uh, who recognized that and just kept breaking it down. Yeah, or JJ would often miss the the,
1: the backhand slice backhand from Hurryon, and yeah. he would sail it wide. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I think you're right. Take apart He came in and he used the net super effectively against mm-hmm. Tracy. And look, when you do that to Ohio State's undefeated player that sends a huge signal to the rest of the, the rest of the team, yeah. right, and sends those sort of shockwaves to the rest of the, the rest of the team.
0: And I do think 1, 3, and 5 all traveled together because we saw, you know, Boulet again takes a close, a tight fought first set. Lapidot was up an early break yeah. at 5, and Boulet able to flip that, take that yep. first set 6-3. I thought Cannon played excellent in his 6-2 first set over Draxel. Draxel was really struggling with the serve early yeah. on, and Cannon was making him pay with every second serve return. I'm so in on Cannon, just like his game. He's just so relentlessly aggressive and just like I see the gear that he gets to at the same time I mean again is there a better performer performer than Liam Draxel right now yeah he's the superstar yeah
1: and and he loves it he loves it. I mean just eats it up I mean you know if you're in this facility the number one is kind of right in the center most fans behind that and it was that's that is the word it was a performance that first set it was almost like kamikaze style coming to the net was not paying off for Draxel and then you know, he just continued to weather the cannon storm and yeah. just played some outstanding
0: tennis. He's such a good athlete. He just absorbs your first strike. Yep. And he's going. He, there's nothing on a tennis court he can't do, from the short angle volleys to yep. the jumping overheads, and just again the energy. Because as he won that second set 6-3, we saw out take a 6-1 second yep. set on five, and you know it was just this wave. Because let's talk about the Diallo component. You know, to earn a straight, uh, to clinch in a third set over Aguilar, 6-4 yep. in the third in the quarterfinals, and then. To that, you know, you have a day off, but to come indoors and do that to Monte Vodsel six three six two, and just at no point was you know I think he got an early break in that second set or I first did, set. And I just, think both sets. Yeah, yeah. and just kind of ran away with it. You see the size. You see how I, I swear to God I watch Diallo swing in particular on the backhand side, and I don't think he's willing to swing fully because he just <laughs> like doesn't trust himself to not destroy Spool the back K-Tur- curtain. Yeah. yeah, exactly because that's how much racket speed and torque he can generate. Yeah. The word talent is overused, but he just oozes with ability. Like, there is nothing on a court. I'm convinced Gab Diallo, especially when he's playing like this, can't do. Yeah, one of the best things about the Illinois facility
1: is the mile-per-hour radar gun. Yeah, but it,
0: it, they're juiced, just a warning.
1: Well, but that's the fun part. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right? because everyone's looking over at Diallo being like, we're going to Yeah, exactly. you Yeah, know?
0: um When it so, said 185, someone called Brad Dancer, Was like, all right, like, <laughs> kilometers? <laughs> kilometers. What are we, yeah, yeah, what are exactly. we doing kilometers. here? <laughs> no, but th- so that's been fun. I mean, the serve has just
1: been rocking, yeah. right? And even outdoors against Aguilar, he was still, st- still dominating there, mm-hmm. so— incredible performance from him, right? And you could feel that momentum from Draxel's second set kind of Propagate down towards the other matches.
0: Yeah, and let's talk about again five and four, five and six yeah. for this Kentucky team because those have been the question marks. And I, I'll go try and look up. Unfortunately, we don't have any internet right here in uh, the. I'm not, I'm not gonna say where we are because I don't want to throw anyone under the bus right now. We don't have internet right now. I will go look up the stats as I say this thing. But against TCU and certainly all year long, I believe there were what six and fourteen at the number six single spot is Kentucky. Yeah. And you know, you talk to Cedric Kaufman, he'll be the first to say, "Yeah, we're down 1-0 because we're gonna lose the doubles. <laughs> That's gonna happen." Yeah. But, um. You know, I think for J.J. Mercer, who was down a set in 3-0, yep. to just survive yesterday, and we talk about that all the time, is sometimes just as valuable as winning is not losing 100%. and not allowing your opponent to put a point on the board. When he narrowed that gap, and even if he would have lost that second set, by the time he narrowed that gap, Kentucky had made their moves everywhere else yep. because Lapidat, first of all, again, was up an early break on Boulay. He's up 6-1, you know, 6-1 second set. He's up 5-0 in the third when the match finishes. He was also going to win. And then, you know, again, Mercer's up 3-1 in the third when the match finishes as well. Although at that point, I would argue that match was relatively irrelevant just because it, we knew what the score was going to be moving forward. I mean, we knew Kentucky had control. But, I mean, Musitelli was down at a break for the majority of that second set continued to find ways to just extend points against van emberg yep. and stay in that match physically and again after we, they dropped the doubles we felt like for kentucky had to sweep the top three against an ohio state team that had lost what like six matches collectively in the top three singles positions coming into this ncaa tournament and has you know two top 10 players in votzel and kingsley and arguably a third in jj tracy on the right day. Kentucky sweeps them, Musitelli wins in straights, Lopinot's up 5-0 in the third, Mercer's up 3-1 in the third. Yep. Cedric Hoffman, when I spoke with him prior to the tournament, I asked, have you played your best match yet? He said, no, we haven't. I understand it was a bad doubles point. That's your best match. Like, to, to compete that well and to beat Ohio State indoors in Champaign, especially after the Buckeyes smacked Michigan smacked Michigan in the quarterfinals dropped the doubles point but were the better team from start to finish in singles and then Kentucky punked them after losing, again I'm sorry this is a rant here they lost 4-0 in Columbus they won one single set in those matches in Columbus and they were going to win 6-1 yesterday I just, again, Ohio State didn't lose the match, Kentucky won it
1: Yeah, I mean, how often do you see that, Yeah, right? In the NCAA semifinal, they were going to win all all six. I mean, maybe, sure, maybe six doesn't go their way, but, I mean, you you mentioned it, for Mercer to get that split, that was the staying alive that takes a little bit of that pressure off these other guys who need to clinch, right? So, I mean, just a dominant singles performance from them. And look, now they know. They can drop the doubles point. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter, right? They know their pathway. They know who they need to find. They say top three and one to four and five, and, you know, Second best thing to winning is not losing, and J.J. Mercer did that yesterday. Uh, Probably feels good for him, right? He transferred from Ohio State. Mm -hmm. Um, But look, absolutely, this was a, a dominant performance from Kentucky. They got smacked, as you mentioned, in Columbus, and they turned it around here. This is a whole different team than the team that lost in Columbus
0: no and again we talked about uh, obviously the strength of their top three but Musatelli a three-set win over Jake Fernley at four is probably why they beat TCU yep. in the quarterfinals exactly. that was yep. the inflection point swing match and again to bring the senior over from Old Dominion and he's been up and down this year I you know he's won about two-thirds of his matches he's been yeah. solid but not exceptional he's yeah. been exceptional yep. here in Champaign and again indoors indoors in, yeah. it, so we have to do it. Yep. And I, I apologize. I, again, they, I, whatever. I, I don't think Ohio State's the most fond of me right now. Um, if it's not going to happen indoors in Champaign with this team, who lost two collective points indoors in in Columbus all season long and lost one 4-3 match to TCU indoors at the National Indoors. And, you know, again, seemingly, I guess they lost Big Ten Championship indoors as well, but then they smacked Michigan even when they moved inside in the quarterfinals they just weren't as loose as Kentucky. Like, that's what it fundamentally came down to, was Kentucky played freely on every court. Draxel's dancing as he's standing and getting ready to return, and Diallo's, you know, serving from the mountaintops, Hurrian's doing his thing. You could just feel the tension for this Buckeye team. For known reasons,
1: right? For the reasons you kind of alluded to there, right? I mean, this has always been... the the title they've been looking for Mm -hmm. this has essentially been an indoor tournament they got michigan who they know very well indoors Mm -hmm. they get kentucky who they've already beaten this season indoors they get them again here indoors and you know they felt like this is their chance right Mm -hmm. get back to a final who knows maybe today would be indoors as well i mean it could be entirely so um it's a disappointment for the buckeye well
0: coming into the semifinals. They had 4-0'd Kentucky. Yep. They had 4 0 Virginia. Yep. They had 4 0 Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. If you are, and you had just knocked off your foe, Michigan, and again, Michigan took it to Ohio State in doubles, yep. and then it was Kingsley who had food poisoning, straight sets over Styler. He was amazing yeah. on Thursday, and you know again, elsewhere, I know J.J. Tracy did his thing. He looked like J.J. freaking Tracy two and two against and two Andrew Fenty. Boulay at 5 has been incredible, and I still think, despite being down a 7-5-0 yesterday, I thought he was awesome. I thought Boulet played really well down the season's home stretch. Oh,
1: my. He, he reeled off six games in that first set. Yeah. And it was
0: incredible
1: tennis. Yeah. I mean, he was playing outstanding. Mm-hmm. And I think he maybe came down to earth a little bit in the second yeah. and third. But, I mean, it's not like they were playing. I mean, I think
0: Tracy struggled yesterday. Yeah. But
1: overall, I think you're right. Tighter.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, again, Luchanik excellent yeah. at this NCAA tournament, Absolutely. and he and Justin Boulay, who made a challenger final in doubles, I mean, they were the legitimate number 2 doubles team. They should yeah. be. They'd be. They were just as good as Kingsley and Tracy, and again, Luciano clinches over Nick Beatty at 6 against Michigan State. How can you not feel good for Andrew Luchonic? This is what I have to say. I think everyone knows who I'm targeting this message to. I may have gone to the University of Michigan. That does not mean I do not respect, appreciate, and acknowledge how exceptional this Buckeye program is and how exceptional it is for college tennis. College tennis needs Ohio State. They need the work ethic. They need the machine that is coming out of Columbus year in, year out. That doesn't mean I can't say they were the tighter of the two teams against Kentucky. Again, in the biggest moments when the margins are this thin, who's playing more freely? And routinely, unfortunately, it feels like in these moments it's not Ohio State.
1: It has not been Ohio State, Yeah. right? I mean, just look at the
0: indoor semifinal yeah. this year. You look at the Big Ten Championship. Robert Cash, 5-4, 40-15. He makes that forehand approach. They win that first set at six. Uh, you know, it's a triple set point. and This is the indoors uh, versus yeah, the in the exactly, in the, quarter, in the semifinals, yeah. excuse me it could be a completely different season. Like, yeah. it's, it's it's a missed forehand here or a missed approach there. That was You know, again, Van Emberg served for the second set uh, against Musatelli, I believe, if, if I, memory I serves so. me yeah. correct. Yeah, or was certainly right there yeah. to have taken the set and they just weren't able to do it. Mm-hmm. And so, again, yeah, credit to Kentucky. But uh, my thinking is, again, Kentucky beat them. Like, let's be clear, Ohio State didn't lose the match. Kentucky went out and won it. At the same time, Man, I mean, I know Van Emberg had a shoulder injury that I found out about, and I wish we did a better job adver- you know, discussing throughout the course of the year, but, like, you bring in Van Emberg, you bring in Votzel, you have Kingsley, Tracy, Trotter, Boulay, Cash, the whole crew, Anthrop, the whole crew was back. I think this is a testament. If you play this NCAA tournament on the men's side and women's side ten times, I legitimately think we'd have eight different champions and Florida might win three times. Like, that would be it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you just look at the quarterfinal matches, yeah. right? Though I mean, what three, four, three, four, 4 on the men's three, side, four, three, four, two, four, one. Yeah, was, I was going
0: to say four-one, and the four-one was Virginia, Virginia Florida. Florida. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, there's a lot of parity, right? We saw mm-hmm. there was not a lot of that in the super regional. Mm-hmm. We get the top eight seeds here, and then it kind of felt like there's a lot of teams here in the mix. Well, that's
0: the take. One of the takeaways, right? And I know we're on tangent city here, but like the super regional. I mean. Top eight seeds go 16 and 0, and then we come here and it's the seven versus eight for the national championship. And on the women's side, it's not as though there haven't been a plethora of four three matches. I think everything's been four three almost on the women's side. Boy, does that home court matter? Massively. Mass.
1: You know, and not the home court and the fans. Yeah. Right. You talk about the fans. I mean, this has not been a super well attended event from a fan perspective, from what I've seen over mm-hmm. the years. It's very neutral in yeah. that regard. Um, and, look, this this tournament has a lot more elements mm-hmm. than you're used to seeing. You know, you have some teams like here. You take the Texas A&M women, for example. They don't have indoor courts, mm-hmm. and they play that match against Oklahoma indoors, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different elements mixing in, mixing it in here. So, yeah, you're going to see more of 4-3s, more upsets than you would on a, a home court for a team that's very, very comfortable there.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, you look at, at all of these teams— if we play this tournament 10 times, Ohio State is leaving with a national championship once. And I think Kentucky, I mean, God knows they're going to freaking play for the national championship here today. All these teams are exceptional. It's been really, really good tennis. And with that in mind, any final thoughts? Are you ready to move on to our next match on Kentucky-Ohio Yeah, State? yeah. next one. All right, let's go to the, then to our next match. This one, I mean, this was the biggest blowout we've had of the tournament thus far. And it's UVA, who it earns a 4-0 win. Honest to God, it would have been 7-0, 7-0. against Tennessee. Ah, uh, 6-1. I think Walton beats Rodesh. Oh, I, he, I, I He was down a break. I, yeah, yeah, I know you're correct, he, he but was like also down five 3 to boyton. Yeah, exactly. And Adrian served for the magic. And by the way, I bet on the broadcast yesterday. I bet my rep- I go, Mike. I will put my reputation on the line that Adam Walton wins the second set. And he goes, really? Like he gave me this like look, like you're being an idiot right now. It's like, no, no, no. no. I'm a hundred percent certain Adam yep. Walton's gonna win this second set. Yep that was it. That's fair. Yeah. That was the only set. Well, that, that was the only set Virginia lost. Yeah, no, exactly. And that was it. Like, I'm not being hyperbolic here. Literally, that was it for this uh, Virginia team. They dominated yesterday and played their best match of the season. Absolutely. I think even more impressive than the one they played against Florida. And you look, again, what they were able to do in their 5-0 victory over Tennessee because it was a simultaneous clinch. I thought in the doubles point all but, the, all but the the uh, Oklahoma-Duke doubles point yesterday, they were all blowouts. Like, again, you look for Virginia. They were up the earliest of breaks yeah. on courts two and three. They were also up an early break on court one. Walton and Harper were just That's able back. to get it back 4-4 four, four all. But, you know, Getz and Montez, 6-2 decision at number 2 doubles. That comes the day after they clinched the doubles point uh, yep. for uh, against Florida uh, two days later after that 7-6 victory in the quarterfinals. Gianni Ross, Jeffrey von der Schulenburg, they have found their stride, and they earn a 6-3 victory after... They lost to Florida uh, in the quarterfinals. The blowout, what, yeah, one. So again, we're finding different pieces everywhere. If you're Virginia, yep. then the singles came, and I mean again, six first sets, six first sets in an NCAA semifinal. This is not. Kwiatkowski, Aragoni, Altamirano, Richard—you know those, Weir's home, those teams with all this pedigree. This is a team that was five and five overall back in the month of February and had lost five matches to the other eight quarterfinalists, uh, seven quarterfinalists, excuse me, that ended up reaching uh, Champagne here this year. Five and five. They didn't have a match break their way. They've now won what, 22, 23 in a row, I think, after yesterday something ridiculous like that. And again. I don't even know where to start. Like, von der Schulenberg's a joke. Um, you know, uh, Montez is a joke. Um, you, like, At five, Johnny Ross is a joke. Yep. And, like, even at six, Botzer is in shape now. And, like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, you know, it really helps to play two consecutive weeks of tennis. It's like, yeah, it's crazy go. to see what yeah, that yeah. can do. And, you know, again, bars in a third set with Goodger. In the quarterfinals. That was a matchup you just felt like Florida could blitz them. Absolutely blitz them. Lefty into a one-handed backhand. Bar, you know I love you. But lefty into a one-handed backhand. like That's a matchup Florida should crush them. Riffis is up 5-2 before the rain delay in the quarterfinals. And you do wonder, if there's no rain delay, how different does that Florida-Virginia match look? We can get to that momentarily. Yesterday, I mean, for Montez to face Johannes Monday, six foot five lefty indoors, and it's Montez who's up the break for the majority of the match in both sets, and it's Montez who's the one inside the baseline and pushing Monday six feet behind everything. Like, and he might be the third best sophomore on their team. (laughs) Like, this Virginia, and we said this at the beginning of the season, Chris Matt and I, this Virginia team, a program you know well. Had all of the components. You could argue this team one through six is as deep as any Virginia team we've seen. They proved it. Like this is a team, and all of the credit in the world needs to go to Andreas and Scott and Brian Rasmussen, who's obviously here this weekend. Shout out Tred Huey as well. Served a tour as their volunteer this uh, coach this year. This team is peaking at the right moment. This is what peaking at the right moment looks like.
1: Yeah, and you know, looking at that doubles point yesterday, going indoors. You know, you look at Monday. Walner, Hud, I mean, these six four, six five guys. Yeah. Going, man, this is going to be tough. National right? indoor finalist, Tennessee. Exactly. And, and have the number uh, NCAA doubles champion at number mm-hmm. one. But this is tough sledding indoors. They played outstanding doubles. Absolutely, hands down, the best doubles point they had played. I mean, Johnny Ross, both in doubles and at five, looks like a man possessed. I don't think he made it on forced air. Yeah, a man possessed, right? Mm-hmm. Just on, on a mission here. The big thing for this team was those three sophomores, yeah. right? What was the jump going to look like? And wow. <laughs> I mean, it's it's absolutely delivered. I mean, Iñaki Montez to beat Riffis and then Monday back-to-back, back, that's unreal. Yeah. And, you know, you look at Rodesh, he's doing exactly what he needs to do. Split sets with Ben Shelton at mm-hmm. one and split sets with Adam Walton. Mm-hmm. I mean, this team, has, this team feels good about getting a point at every single position. And now with doubles clicking the way it is, yeah, they're playing outstanding at the best time
0: i mean again you look up and down the board von der schulenberg versus volley von der schulenberg ultimately wins that match against florida those are two of the best three singles players in the country von der schulenberg takes it as the sophomore clearly has made us jump for it and i was talking with my little brother and he's like he's like i am so in on the doc he's he's like i cannot emphasize enough the doc like of the three sophomores give me the doc Mm. that said Rodesh is awesome yeah. like to move the way he does at that size and to just play have you ever seen someone so relentlessly positive on the court like <laughs> Rodesh does not show negative emotions yeah. now Maybe the Oklahoma some of the Oklahoma women yeah that's a yeah. fair point yeah oh my god the Oklahoma women bounce it we'll get to it yeah. we'll get to it Jay. <laughs> um but no I mean this for again we spent too long on Kentucky Ohio State we're not going to spend as long here for this Virginia team but for them to beat, you know, again, Riffis was up 5-2 in that first set. Montez wins, what, seven, eight straight games, whatever it was, closes that match out in straight sets. And, you know, credit to Chris Rodesh, who didn't allow Shelton to get an early easy straight set victory. And that was a split set match. Although that second, set, it really came down to the fact that he pushed him to a tiebreaker in the first to prevent mm-hmm. Ben from accumulating this momentum and starting the Florida push. And, yep. you know, again, that never happened. And, you I mean, at four, Andy Andrade was freaking excellent. Yeah, he was so good against gets. But at five, again, Gianni's not missing. And Gianni worked Seymour and just was so relentlessly consistent as he has been all season long. He's lost two matches throughout the course of this year. I mean, he has been as consistent of a point as you will find. And, you know, again, on the flip side for Tennessee, and this is where we work in the quarterfinals, they may have spent every ounce of energy they had to beat Baylor 4-3 in the quarters. Like, you do wonder, because yes, that Tennessee team took the doubles point, but Baylor responded in kind. And again, Soto versus Monday was so good, so good at that number two singles position. Soto ultimately earns a three-set victory. You know, for Hudd, he it was a straight set win over Sven I think that was the third or fourth singles match that finished. That was an extraordinarily physical battle. And, you know, again, Walton, down 5-3 emotionally, you know, you're in the third set, you ultimately flip that match, get the win over Adrian. For a freshman, Shinsuke Mitsui's done everything for Tennessee this year, but the emotions of that, and I, I know they had a day off, they were just flat. Like, they felt flat and dull. You're so used to Tennessee punching you in the face and being loud and being in your face. Mm-hmm. Credit to Virginia, who didn't allow that to happen, because when you win six first sets, there's not much to cheer about. Uh, you know, lose first, six first sets, excuse me. They felt a little flat yesterday. It's funny you mention
1: that. Watching that match, I harpened back to you on the broadcast for TCU match okay. um, and talking about them coming out
0: flat yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, in that final. Mm-hmm. It felt very similar. Yeah. You know, I think there was a few early uh, signs of energy, and then immediately once they went down breaks and doubles, mm-hmm. it just felt flat. Yeah. And look, I mean, Virginia was dominant, but it was not the Tennessee that you're kind of used to seeing. And yeah. maybe it was the energy they expended over Baylor, but... Look, they did have a day off. Um, they should feel buoyed by that. Same mm-hmm. way Virginia should feel buoyed by beating Florida. Um, but you know, another match where Virginia, Virginia won that match.
0: Here, I agree. Well, here would be the difference between the two men's and women. You know, the two men's quarterfinals. I don't think Ohio State played poorly. I think Kentucky played phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I think Tennessee played poorly. I I do not think they played there. I think if you were to ask Coach McKay, and obviously, and Coach Woodruff, immediately after the fact, yes, they would say this immediately. I would venture to say, with Johannes Monday healthy in the lineup, that's probably the worst match they played this year. I just, other than Walton, who you knew was going to win that second set after he dropped it again, Monday was six feet behind the baseline against a guy who's a foot shorter than him. Indoors. Indoors. Like, I know Monday can have some grind to him, but you're indoors. That can't happen, and you know, again, I don't, Von der and Burkhug, Jeffrey just played great match. Yeah, like that, I thought that's that was a, a good match. Yeah, that's just yeah. a great matchup for him. But, you know, again, Mitsui at four, you, like, you feel like he's got to get that first set against Getz on the right day. And he played well, but he yeah. had his chances, certainly. But you just feel like that's a first set he normally wins. And, you know, again, at five, Johnny just kind of took it to him. Honestly, five and six was, has been a struggle for Tennessee all year long. I kind of got exposed in that final moment. And, again, talking to C- Coach Chris Woodruff. I, and the program, very clear. They've been shorthanded all year long. At no point do we get to see a healthy and fully eligible Tennessee team. And yes, this Tennessee team loses their beating heart in Adam Walton at the top of, well, not the beating heart, but really just the calming presence yeah. of Adam Walton at top. But you bring in a Broncatelli. You bring in, uh, there's another transfer who I'm forgetting right now for this Tennessee team. But I know they've got one more coming in the queue. Everyone else is back. This team's going to be awesome next year as well. The Adam Wal- Adam Walton deserved to play in a national championship final, and I'm happy he got to do it at the national indoors because he's one of those program-defining players who just again for Tennessee, yeah, they were excellent in the San Grin, Ryan Williams. I'm talking Davy, not Tennessee Sandgren. They're excellent in the Davy Ryan J.P. days. Yep. Then there was a lull, mm-hmm. and for this Tennessee team again, it started with Walton. You go back to that twenty eight nineteen 19 season where they beat Florida in the SEC championship and. Very came damn near close to beating him in the round of 16 of the NCAA tournament as well. That first super regional, the connective thread from that team to this team is so clear, and that connective thread is Adam Walton, and he's one of the greats. Like he really is of the past 20, 25, uh, 20 of the of the past 10 years in college tennis. He's one of the defining guys, and I just think this Tennessee era does not happen without the efforts of Walton. That said, I think if we're doing it in a autopsy or a, what am I thinking, a okay. eul- no, uh, obituary. obituary? No, no, obituary is the wrong word. If we're doing the outlook for uh, Tennessee moving forward. In, in memorial. <laughs> yeah, no, too much. This is why they yell at us, Jay. Um, but I, I think you would say, I mean, again, is this your disappointment for Tennessee? No, I, it can't be, because you make a national indoor final and NCAA semifinal. Yeah, and you and you, you, dealt with these. Without Bicknell.
1: Without Bicknell, and yeah. you dealt with health issues all season. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, you make the, the semifinals. I think that's still a success for them. Yeah. Um, same same round they made to last year. They beat Baylor this time. I think you went through line by line. I don't really think Tennessee played that poorly. I think doubles wasn't great. And maybe you say, sure, Monday didn't play well. Everyone else? No,
0: see, that's the thing to me is doubles two and four. Like, those are the staple of Tennessee's success. And, like, yeah. Shinsuke Mitsui played okay. He didn't play his best. Monday did not play well. And, like, and they played bad in doubles yeah. that was the real thing yeah. that's where it starts is they came out flat in doubles yeah. and they dug themselves too big of a hole and it never recovered yeah
1: I'm just not sure it would matter yeah okay right? and so at the end of the day I'm like yeah you might not have played great but well
0: this gets back to my they had everything they left everything on the court against Baylor like they were so that Baylor match was so good. It's everything you want in NCAA quarterfinal down to the drama at the end, which we're not going to talk about on today's show because we just don't have time. Um, do you want to talk about it on today's show? We can. <laughs> we
1: got to do like a big picture tournament recap.
0: Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's yeah. what I'm saying. And, so, and I just don't want anyone getting mad at me right now, so we'll talk about it later. Um, Once you're off-site. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, because I'm not afraid. I would say all this to all of your coaches' faces. Um, you know what? We're talking about it now. No, we'll save it for the end. I mean, because I want to hear Chris and their thoughts, too. I mean, obviously we're referring to James Mackay ripping off his shirt in celebration of their four, three quarterfinal victory and jumping onto the dog pile. I mean, you know what? We came up, so now we have to talk about it. Fan or not a fan.
1: It's day class. A.
0: Sure. I'll say that. Um, that's all you got.
1: Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's not classy. Yeah. Um, it's not becoming of an assistant coach. Um, it wouldn't be becoming of a player on the team. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not what you expect from a program that's making it to the NCAA semifinals I don't really have much more to add I mean it's certainly not something I'm going to get frustrated about or, or anything yeah. like that but yeah I mean you know
0: uh, my counter good look. the counter would be and you're right in terms of again the classiness of it you can understand why Baylor would be so furious after the match particularly given the opportunities Baylor had to win that match you can completely understand their frustrations do we want this sport to be fun or not? Is fundamentally the question we uh, that is I think at issue here because I, you're right. There are classier ways to go about it, but the spirit of what James Mackay did, celebrating with his team, fundamentally I take no issue with it. Like I, I do think again, we need some place for idiocy. Like huh. we need some lunacy makes that's college tennis a player. For. Oh, that's very very true, and I understand he's the associate coach, not a player, but he just reached the NCAA semifinal. And, like, I get it. It's a quarterfinal, not a championship match. And I actually think if you do that at NCAA championship, like, there's no issues there because you just won the freaking championship and all bets are off. At the same time, we say this all the time, the rivalry between Tennessee and Baylor, that's the best rivalry right now in men's college tennis. There is genuine dislike between these two programs. And I think, again— not to be the James Mackay apologist here, he was just trying to have fun. He was just trying to celebrate the moment, celebrate his team, and get jacked. We're back in the NCAA semifinals. And I do understand the intent of what he was trying to do, even if, to your point, there are better ways to go. Had he jumped in the dog pile with his shirt on, we're not having this conversation. So I understand that. At the same time, I do understand what he was trying to do.
1: Yeah, no one, no one is arguing against the sentiment. Sure. Right. I mean, obvious, and it's it's one of those. Disi- well, I'm, Baylor might be. No, I think he, if he jumps in the dog pile, do they get that upset? Yeah, fair, Not fair, really, no. Right, yeah. and they keep his shirt on. Yeah. You know, so the sentiment, no one has any issue with.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was one of those in the moment, dis-
0: mm-hmm.
1: overcome with emotion that yeah. like, yeah, you probably want it back, and yeah, you can still have fun without taking your shirt off. Sure. In that sense, and particularly as an associate head coach. I think there's a there's a standard in the bar that needs to be upheld.
0: Uh, that's fair. I do think, by the way, that would be the objection from Baylor's. Go jump in the dog pile. Just keep your shirt on. Like really, that's what you're gonna do. You're right. No, it's it's, it's the taking off the shirt.
1: Yeah. No one's
0: no one has an issue with that. Okay. Car. Fair. At the same time, again, I get what he was trying to do. Is what I'm trying. I don't think this is an egregious sin. This is not a fireable offense. Is what I'm trying to say. And I mean, I don't think anyone's making it that. I think if you look other. at the most radical corners of tennis twitter and college tennis fandom i
1: frequent those corners yeah
0: <laughs> those are our corners
1: yeah, yeah they call
0: it Crack rackets corner yeah um no fair. okay I, I mean i think we flushed it out enough i get i think again you get both sides of the argument at the same is what i'm trying to say and again this is a minute issue but it adds some ju- like can we put baylor tennessee on the schedule if they were smart they would both agree, and I know there's not the most love right now, but let's play one another every year. Yeah, let's, home get a, home yeah, let's get do a home-and-home home, because our fans get to yell at you. Your fans get to yell at us. Absolutely. This is what college tennis is all about. Absolutely. And so, boy, would that home-and-home home be the most fun home-and-home home probably in college tennis. With that in mind, I mean, again, uh, we didn't do this for the Ohio State. Is, Ohio, is it a disappointing year for Ohio State? Absolutely. did not win the national championship this year? It was Well, it's a disappointment. I mean—
1: just look at the start of the season, mm-hmm. right? Look how strongly they started. They bring in Watzel. They bring in Van Emberg.
0: And they 4-0 everyone. And
1: 4-0 Wake, everybody. Kentucky, Tennessee, Again, Virginia. I mean, it started with indoors, Yeah. right? And then you're going, oh, man, are they going to be able to recover? And the answer is no.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think even more disappointment is that match was indoors yesterday. Yeah. You know, and this is at Illinois. This is a site yeah. that they play year in, year out. That's hard.
0: Yeah. And right. This
1: is not the Orlando 95-degree yeah. heat.
0: Yeah, no, right, completely fair. Well, with all of that said, let's move on now. Talk again, men's, men's final here today. Virginia taking on Kentucky, 3 p.m. Central time. Give me your match calculus, who you got. <laughs> you sure you want it? Yeah, I've, I mean, look. So you can find out who the opposite Well, here's what wins. I see, is I want more parents to yell at you. And so <laughs> this, is, this is what it's all about. But, um, no, I mean, yeah, so I can bet on the opposite. Um, exactly. No, I think everyone wants to. So I'll go first, then. I was talking to my little brother, and this is from him, who I, I like. on the brother. I've, no, I've never been more impressed with him in my life because he's given me the match calculus, and let me just read the text that he yeah, sent you. Yeah, read the opposite yeah, of mine. No, I mean, again, yeah, exactly. But, ooh, Boyton versus Diallo, first-round NCA. Styler versus Shelton. Oh my goodness. That is fantastic. You you weren't going to
1: be here. I I think that answers that
0: Uh, God, Gosh darn it. Um, Yeah, I really need to watch. Here's the problem I need to watch the French Open tomorrow, Jay. Is there's the foundationally, your second Grand Slam is going on right now. Styler versus Shelton. Oh, my God, is that match good. But again, go back to Nicholas Gruskin. What did he sent me his match calculus, and I was like, I've never been more impressed than with you. I actually think you nailed it spot on. He looks at the match calculus here for today. He says he favors Virginia in doubles. Yep. He thinks Kentucky needs to take one and two. Mm-hmm. He thinks Virginia takes five and six. Yep. He thinks Kentucky takes four, and three is the swing match.
1: I pretty agree. good by Nick. That's pretty good. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think you— pretty firmly say doubles and six to virginia mm-hmm. right and i think you add five in there mm-hmm. for with just the way that johnny ross has been playing mm-hmm. that's three for for virginia i do think kentucky look it's the same calculus for them Draxel they have to Draxler has to win diallo has to win and they probably need three and four if they lose doubles right mm-hmm. they need one through four
0: yeah that's, that's basically
1: bit. it um for me I don't think they get all four of those today. Mm-hmm. You know, I think... Three Mont-
0: straight days of one through four would be one of the all-time runs.
1: Yeah. Um, well, Lapidat did win, right?
0: Yeah, uh, 5-0. Didn't finish.
1: What about at TCU?
0: Fernley. Uh, no, no, no. Lost to Vives. Straight sets. Okay,
1: there you go. Yeah. Um, that would be all- a bit of all-time. Yeah. Um But look, I mean, uh, Montez, out- Montez outdoors against Diallo definitely favors him.
0: Yeah. I, mean- I don't want to favor him, but it gives him a much better shot.
1: He, sure. And he just beat Monday yesterday indoors too. Yeah.
0: Being outdoors, yes, yes yes yes, know, yes, favors yes, Montez. yes, yes, yes.
1: Not maybe he's maybe not favorite overall. Um I mean, you beat Riffis, you beat Monday indoors. I mean, that's quite the run he's yeah. having. And Doc Vaughn has been looking excellent, uh. right? And over um Hurrian, I mean, it's going to really be who who shows up today. Uh I got to lean Virginia just because it's tough to bet on that such Mm-hmm. One, two, three, four. So I think Virginia takes
0: it. Yeah, as you know, no predictions, no predictions. I would say.
1: What's, uh, what's
0: Nicholas's uh, prediction? He says Virginia 4-1. Okay. Um, you would agree with you. I have, he's the mouthpiece now of this crack dragon. Everyone at Nick Ruskin, Get mad at him, <laughs> not at me. Um, look, you're right. The margin for error is bigger for, uh, for Virginia. There's no denying that. Yep. You feel like Virginia can be competitive everywhere in every point. Yep. It, with how Kentucky has played in doubles in particular, you feel like you're down 1-0. Can you really find four singles victories for the third consecutive match? What I would say is if we've learned anything from the past four days of action, the answer is yes. Yep. Like The answer yep. is don't write off anything because right. anything is possible. I mean, again, I know Ty Kwiatkowski is going to be in the house today. I know Eric Quigley is going to be in the house today. We're going to have some greats uh, out and about. And Virginia and Kentucky have played each other a lot. Over the years, not play this year. Yeah, exactly. Four-two. Virginia beat them in Lexington earlier this season. Oh, it's gonna be a really good match. Yeah. Again, more than anything else, bet the four-three. Um, but again, with how Kentucky is peaking right now, and as is Virginia, uh, you just can't write anyone off because Kentucky yeah. has proven that. And again, it, you you could argue that Kentucky has the two best players in the match in Draxel and and Diallo if they play their best and. You know, with that like and at a certain point that matters. Like those sorts of things matter and so it's gonna be really fun. Yep. Three PM Central Time, you're taking Virginia 4-1, 4-2? one, four two. I'll go four one. Okay, four one. I like it. You and Nicholas Gruskin in agreement that guarantees a Kentucky victory here today. Well with that in mind, let's move over to the women's side. And again, we may go a little bit quicker on this side, mostly just because I have things to do before the broadcast it's starts in about two hours. Yeah, I do apologize for that fact. I mean, let's start with Texas, who was not good to start this season at the national indoors they played poorly and they go out to stanford and they lose a, a match you know they lose uh, i don't want to say a bad match to stanford but yeah but they didn't play their best certainly and you look for them they lose the regular season battle to oklahoma after losing in the national indoor championships to oklahoma as well and you know again didn't exactly rack up the signature victories the way they did last season. Last year at the National Indoors it was so clear Texas was on the level with UNC, with, you know, Pepperdine and maybe UCLA on the right days and no one else and it was unclear for this Texas team, which every time I watch them play, I have to slap myself in the face and say, Hey, you know the oldest player in their starting lineup's a sophomore. Yeah. Like you know, Stern, Shivathapon, Collins are all sophomores. Like, yeah, they won the NCAA championship last year, but Samaripa. Zanilova, Uvrutsky. These freshmen have gotten so much better. And for this Texas team who, you know, again, 4-2 victories over UVA, 4-2 victory over UNC, both of those matches played predominantly, uh, the majority of which, indoors. I mean, come on now. Like, at a certain point, we have to just acknowledge, and this Texas team is peaking. Yeah,
1: and the big question for them was, you know, the, the depth yeah. right and and Zamaripa and Ivutski how was that going to play out and you know you look at I mean they won three games at one and two singles against Virginia and they they win the match mm-hmm. and you know they come out against North Carolina they take the doubles point played outdoors take a, a I think three first sets prior to moving indoors and then all of a sudden it felt like a whole new match moving indoors you're thinking this is going to be the you know the the breath that uh, breath of fresh that North Carolina needs to kind of take this take this match and ultimately Texas Texas clinched. Zamarip at five looks anything but a freshman. Zainalova anything but a freshman. It's very similar to what we saw last year with Stearns, Collins, shavatapan Rapalu. I mean, these freshmen are, are looking incredible for them. And they just have that swagger, right? Yeah. They have that belief. They have been here before. Yeah. And I mean
0: it's it's uh, Maripa at 5, yeah. the lefty. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, is her forehand beautiful. Yeah. Just, again, and how low she keeps her slice. And yesterday against Tan Gillig, I mean, Tan Gillig kept approaching, yeah. approaching, approaching. And then by the third set, she just got hesitant because if she left, every approach short or if she approached to the forehand, uh, again, the pass was found. Like yep. it was either a forehand pass or a backhand slice, just knifed low at the feet. Yep. The Texas team was spectacular. Uh, you know, again, they came out of the box yesterday and punch North Carolina in the face. And that match started outdoors. And the reason I bring that up is North Carolina was not ready for the conditions yesterday. You could tell, again, in the doubles in particular, 6-3 decision for Stearns and Zamaripa at over Crawley and Scotty, and then 6-1 Shavataban and Collins. Just And by the way, I saw them at the number two position. I was like, no way is this the number two team. And then right. you're like, well, Peyton Stearns and anyone should probably be number well, one right and now. I think
1: Zamaripa is the best doubles player that they have. Uh, uh, well, maybe not that they have because Collins is yeah, amazing. Kylie, but often yeah. she's the best doubles player at number one doubles. Yeah. Even against Virginia, even against North Carolina, she's an excellent doubles player. And the key for them in doubles has been getting her sister, Bella, back in the lineup, mm-hmm. replacing Avrutsky at number three doubles. Mm-hmm. Had been a vulnerable spot for them. Yeah. She's back makes a huge difference. Well,
0: the Vrutsky forehand is a little bit attackable. Like, for sure. And Anika Yarlegata did an excellent job of that yesterday, particularly yeah. the moment that match moved indoors. That it was, was like is winning that that at six honor. because her aggression just yep. thrived in this moment. But, you know, again, Charlotte and Kylie just put so much pressure on you at that number two spot yep. and, again, are as aggressive as any team you're going to find in the country. And their weapons translate indoors or outdoors. And then at number one, again, for Stearns to lose 1-0 to Emma Navarro. And let's be clear. Emma Navarro is playing checkers or chess, whichever is the most complicated yeah. of the two, while everyone else is doing something else. Yep. I mean, she, I mean, Stearns played awful in the quarterfinals. She just like could not make a fourth ball in a rally, let alone, you know, like a fifth or a sixth or anything. But Emma just absorbed everything Peyton threw at her and took it to her. And for Peyton to lose a match 1-0, and bounce back and, again, beat Cam Mora yesterday 2-6, and six. particularly Mora had, what, five set points, yeah. uh, I believe, in that second set and, you know, was putting all sorts of pressure and was playing much better. And you could tell if Mora won that second set with Scotty winning her second set and, you know, Annika making her push on six, Crawley with the win on four, you feel like if Cam wins that second set and now North Carolina has extended a couple of matches uh, a little bit further that makes all the difference from a momentum perspective and Cern shut it down and she did what the guy or the girl is supposed to do for their team in this moment which is get over the finish line and ultimately she does a two and six win and you know again between her between Zanilova at three who took it to Riley Tran indoors outdoors didn't matter three and three victory and you know again Tran really struggled to put the points away I mean god did she have a million overheads or swinging volleys that she just could not finish but these freshmen they have much like last year although i think last year's freshmen were a little bit better from the start but these freshmen have gotten up to speed and when we talked with howard Joffe, he talked about getting his team to peak at the right moment again he has succeeded like on all six courts they're playing exceptional tennis except for one which has been their lock throughout the duration of the year like kylie collins yeah she didn't finish was up five three in the third on scotty when the match finished she was excellent yesterday. Like, yeah. she dictated from start to finish. And, again, I watched some of these players, Jay, and I'm like, how are you not going to be a top 100 pro? How are you not going to make it? Because they're all exceptional. Yeah. Well, you just look at these players playing five, I and
1: mean, that zamaripa uh, Tangilig match was outstanding. Oh, my God. That's I mean, the future, by the way. And, the like, future.
0: future looks good.
1: Yeah, the freshmen look incredible. But you're right. I mean, ultimately— they had some injuries this season. I'm not sure. I think Coach Jaffe talked about this is a new season for them, right? Mm-hmm. They were they're the hunted this season. Mm-hmm. The last year they were new on the scene, and that's a different position to be in. And so for them to do this and get here, they just look like they know what they're doing, mm-hmm. and they do because they're the only team that's done it here.
0: Well, similarly to what we talked about with Kentucky, or <laughs> this is too mean, so I'm not going to frame it like that. They're just the loosest team here. You're absolutely right. And listen to Howard Joffe, whenever they want to point, go, Texas! <laughs> like, that might be actually my favorite thing out there because the way he celebrates, it's just so funny. Yeah. Um... But you're right. They're just loose. They're confident. They're not afraid. And they're all freshmen, which i that's what I'm saying is foundationally, I don't understand. And maybe it is the calluses and the history of this North Carolina program. Everyone knows, have you won a national championship yet? Have you won a national championship yet? Is this the team that's going to win a national championship? When that's the conversation that is hovering around you, even metaphor, you know, even if it's not actually being said week after week, because, we you know, I like to think we're the show that talks about these things. And we don't ever say, man, is this the year Carolina is going to win the, like, we don't harp on the fact that they haven't won. We do wonder if they, you know, if they can win in a vacuum this season. But we don't. I don't think we pick on their program for having not won an NCAA championship. I think we do a good job of acknowledging. At least I think the Carolina parents like us. That's that's <laughs> been my perception uh, of acknowledging the plethora of success that they have had. At the same time, again. I don't even think they play. It was the it was the first 40 minutes. Like they dug themselves such a big hole by losing that doubles point. And you know, again, first sets was 6-2, right? For Stearns over Mora, and you know, the the fact that it was what six uh, six law lo- uh, not six love, excuse me, but uh, what six three maybe for uh, for Kylie Collins over Scotty. And you know, Zaynolova takes a six three first set. And you know, again, it just felt like they got off to such quick starts yep. outdoors that by the time they moved indoors, yeah, Carolina found their footing, but. Yep they had dug themselves such a big hole
1: yeah a little too late right yeah uh but you did see start to see that was the scotty match I was, yeah. I was like okay this could be totally mm. turned around um you know you look at collins
0: who was down worst. a break by the way collins and, and scotty traded like seven breaks down the home stretch of that second set which was wild yeah, yeah it was like so you don't want to hold so well. serve yeah I know. I know but to your point that's what it was it's not even that they were they were playing poorly they were both just lights out on the return, on the return. Yeah. yeah uh kylie yeah. collins hits her forehand sometimes just like what yeah was and then the backhand down the line I I mean, she owns that. That's the, the backhand's the better wing, but like, there are just times when I watch the power tennis and you're just like, what? I think, like, are you not top 100? What am I watching here? Yeah, no, but
1: and I thought coming indoors would be very, very similar to the subash match, yeah. right? On the baseline, rushing Collins with the bigger strokes mm-hmm. indoors. You know, she can go off there, and she obviously lost the second set, but mm-hmm. and I thought she was still playing excellent, uh, much better than she was against Virginia, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, not much more to add about this Virginia team. uh, Sorry, this Texas team. Um,
0: They're looking every
1: bit the uh, defending champion. Yeah,
0: they have the pieces everywhere. And again, you see Shavat Pond, who has been so good for them down the season's home. Stretch Crawley took it to her yesterday. Oh my God, was Fiona good yesterday. That that first set was. Well, and it had everything to do with Fiona's never going to lose two matches in a row, ever. Not ever. And Brodus was so good for Pepperdine at that number four spot in the quarterfinals that Fiona just came out with a purpose and you could tell after especially after losing that doubles point it was I am not going to lose today now again for Riley Tran she played she had a million opportunities at that number three spot and just could not hit the winner could not put the ball away now again I'm not trying to take anything away from Texas but I think that match was far more competitive perhaps than what the three and three scoreline that was reflected at the end that said, again, the autopsy here for North Carolina, you win another national indoor championship. And it's I actually think the case can be made that this was a winning season because this was supposed to be the rebuilt year, right? When you lose a, a Graham, Jones, Davatella sort of class to make the national indoor to win the national indoors, to make the NCAA semifinals, especially in a year when there are eight teams all capable and having the quality of winning a national championship. It's inherently disappointing anytime time because Carolina's always good enough to win a national championship. But I actually think this year was a success because you look at this roster, I mean, other than Mora, who they lose, and they're going to replace, we've said it before, so I know there's not a parser bomb formally, but Abby Forbes is coming to town. Like, there is no and reason. Uh, yeah, this team will be better next year. And that is freaking terrifying.
1: Yeah, on paper for yeah. sure. I think if you were to tell Calbus on January 1, hey, you're going to win indoors and you're going to make the semifinals, I think he would take it. Yeah. Right? I think given the circumstances, given the, that match against Pepperdine and some of the, the good fortune I think they had in that match, playing this indoors against Texas, I think it's a, I think it's a big disappointment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's, I think it's really tough. Um, you know, they've made one final and they've been knocking on the door every year. It's challenging. I think same thing with Ohio State playing this tournament indoors. You know, uh, I think it's a disappointment for sure within the vacuum of this tournament.
0: Yeah, I mean, fair, but they did beat Pepperdine four three in a match where I mean that match was that we're going to do that one separately okay. because God was that match exceptional. And again, I just if we spend too long on You're it, we're going yeah we'll lose the uh, we'll lose the thread here. But I mean, to your point, Brant Meyer comes in, Forbes comes in. Do we know for sure Mora's leaving? I know they honored her on senior day. I'm I'm pretty sure Mora's leaving, yeah, I can lock it in. Um at the same time, like again, Scotty, Crawley, Tran, Tinkillig, Yarlagata. Like Yarlagata's gonna be like, Am I really not playing again? <laughs> like, how did this happen? And I I mean again, like, this team should be as good next season.
1: I totally agree. Yeah. I just think this is
0: It's tough. It's the same conversation. It went indoors. Same thing we said about Ohio State, especially going indoors.
1: Exactly. And this is the same thing the day after a loss. I think, about. well, next year. Yeah. Next year is the year. Yeah. Uh, maybe we weren't thinking that last season after they lost the fifth years. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's challenging um, yeah. to be in this position. But, yeah, I mean, look, they're still going to be here next year. Um but getting over that hump is hard. And honestly, the longer it goes, yeah. I think for both Ohio State and North Carolina, I do think that becomes a factor.
0: Absolutely. So. I mean, they are the two biggest. Everyone knows it. It's like, is this the year North Carolina is going to do it? Is this the year Ohio State's going to do it? Yep. And, you know, again, both teams have the talent to win it this season.
1: And the circumstances on their side.
0: Yeah. At the same time. I think there was more urgency for Ohio State this year than North Carolina because foundationally, again, this was the reload, rebuild-reload year for North Carolina. Like, yeah, they were good enough to win it, but to your point, on January 1st, if you told Brian Kalbis you're going to win the National Indoor Championships and you're going to make the NCAA semifinals this year, I think would have called BS. It would have been like, eh, I don't know if we have that like in us this year, and they did. And now, again, you bring in the, the players that they bring in. Mmm. Mmm. It's going to be a fun season. Uh, but again credit to texas who is peaking and they were the better team like there is not a doubt in my mind and again from Stearns, zanilova zamaripa i uvrutski's forehand i don't love it's just especially indoors it was, it just feels attackable but outdoors god can she grind And if you hit her on the run backhand you're gonna lose the point <laughs> because like she just hits that ball so exceptionally well and again she's probably the third best freshman between zamaripa and Zanalova that they have on their team there's they've got weapons they've got options And they bring back everyone next year if they want. Now, will Stearns come back for a third year? Maybe. Like, it depends on the pro success. Yeah, absolutely. But, oh, my God. Like, they don't have anyone older than a sophomore in their starting lineup. Yeah. Sorry, North Carolina. (laughs) You you have to be better next year because Texas is going to be better, too. And just, uh, God, is college tennis good right now. And that gets us to our final team, Oklahoma, who has just been – if you haven't watched an Oklahoma match this season, what the f- are you doing with your life? Like, you call yourself a tennis fan. You better watch Oklahoma before this season completes. Because, again, what the Sooners have been able to do, the energy and the culture that they bring and the bouncing. It's the freaking bouncing, yeah. Jay. In between, you know, post-match, three-all, whether it's Staker against A&M or Staker against Duke <laughs> or Staker against everyone. Anyone, yeah, yeah. Staker versus the world. and they were joking around with us. I think Coach Cohn won't mind if we shared this joke. You know, is Staker taking second sets so she can be the hero? The answer's not an unequivocal no. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, You'd the answer is dro- Dropping second sets. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so tanking them. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. It's just like, you know, throwing them away so that she can be the hero at the end because the <laughs> team knows, like, well, if it's down to 3 all and Staker at 6, we win because, like, this girl's nails. And, yeah, no pressure. But beyond that... Jose Gracia's head almost hit the ceiling here in the Atkins Tennis Center with how high he was jumping and the bouncing around that they do and the connective tissue between the player playing the match and everyone on the sideline. And and that's Audra Cohen, her motto. And she said this in our post-match press conference. It's do something. Just do something. Whether it's with your voice, whether it's with your energy, with your actions, do something. This Oklahoma team's always doing something, Jay. (laughs) It's just like, and yesterday. You know, yesterday's doubles point with Duke was the most interesting doubles point of the day. Yeah. Because I don't think either team had particularly great energy. I think it was a very nervous match. I think it was a very late match as well. You know, it was our latest match of the day. And you could tell both teams, flat's the wrong word, but they were tentative. Both teams were tentative coming out of the gates. And it looked as though Duke, by taking the break on court court number three and having the early break on court number two, it looked like they were in a commanding position. But that's exactly the position they were in when they played in Durham in doubles as well, yeah. and much like there, again, my favorite chant of the weekend has probably been "Texas fight." <laughs> but that's it's like oh, you, fight," and they did like. Yeah. I mean, I know they're boomer sooner. If I never have to hear another C in my life, that's fine with me. Like, whatever. C- that's a, yeah. I was, just, I was like, <laughs> just kill me. Um, that said. It's the energy. It's the relentlessness. Like They are such, they epitomize Audra Cohen. They're just such a reflection of her as a human. And she's a winner, and they are winners. Yeah. And that's this is a, a, the biggest plug for attending these
1: sort of matches in this tournament in person. Yes. Because I think, and I've talked to a few people about this, it is so tough to get that yes. energy and to see what's happening on court three impacting yes. court five and to see the bouncing. Those are things you don't get a full picture of or full understanding of on the stream Mm -hmm. and so it's been outstanding what they've been doing i i was telling a few people i mean the biggest thing for me about this oklahoma team is you look at them you don't know if they're winning or losing the energy it's always positive they're always you know they're running to their you know the bench to sit down it's very unlike a lot of other teams where you could very clearly know who won or lost the point extremely impressive from oklahoma and they're doing this without shanta yeah. They are making the
0: NCAA that's final foundationally like the craziest part. And that's where it gets to back to why you want to come here in person because they may have 90% of their roster, but they always have 125% of their chemistry and like the camaraderie and that extra that extra intangibles yep. that that push these teams when the talent is equal. Who wants it more? Who's closer? Who trusts one another more in the biggest stages? Yep. The answer is Oklahoma. And again, like I'm telling you, in the broadcast booth against A&M, and go ask the doc, Dr. Bruce Johnson, who's here. I believe I got that name right. Who, um, God, what a lovely like, and Donna, uh, lovely, yeah, it's great family. Um, we love you, Doc and and Mrs. Doc, um, and yeah, you guys are always welcome, obviously, to to our cracked rackets family. Um, talk about parents with 100% approval rating as well. I think they call. It, uh, I think one of them is called Mama Bear, like I oh, really? and Papa Bear. I think that's what they go with, or I just call them the Doc. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like it's just it's incredible the intangible qualities that they bring. And again, when they were down three-one A&M, and m and a took you know dropped the first doubles point. AM has dropped all season, but A&M third third, third doubles point. And you're right. I threw a couple out of my mind. First relevant doubles point that they've dropped all season, right? Cause they beat Cal, like they, yeah. and So this is really <laughs> sorry, Rice, yeah, Kentucky. But, yeah, no disrespect. Yeah. Um, first relevant doubles point that they've dropped all season. They responded. Like, they brought five singles first sets. Yep. They won five of them. And it's, it's interesting because yesterday's match against Duke, I actually don't think was as competitive as the match against AM, where there were multiple three set matches. Like, I felt like Oklahoma was going to win the moment they won that doubles point against yeah. Duke because they were just in control. And six love set from uh, uh, on one from Sleeth. Breadstick? Or, or yeah, no, six love set from, you know, and then the six one set from Pisa as well was bagel, bagel, breadstick. Yeah, like, okay. all, do dis- all no no disrespect to Duke. When you lose that lopsided of a first set, it's hard to, you know, put on the rally hat. And credit on court number six to Amaru, who scrapped out that 7-5 second set, although you could argue Staker had a bazillion opportunities to win that match in straights. That's an argument for another time, and that gets back to the tanking theory. Um, Yeah, you, you like that one? That's good. More broadly against AM they were going to lose. Like it, it, if you were a fan, if you were a Sooner Nation, you are thinking, oh my God, like this is the match. This is the one. And we can talk about the Makarova rolled ankle if you'd like. And again, this AM team loses two matches, four, three indoors all season long. Like talk about what ifs that team was good enough to win a national championship. And if you play this tournament 10 times, I guarantee you AM is walking out of here with at least one title. That said, the fight Oklahoma showed in that match in particular. I know Carmen Corley, again, overcoming the three-set victory for her at, at number two. Morales was as good at st- as Staker, especially in that second set at six. She ends up taking it there and just, again, Sleeth indoors, indoors. She's beaten Branstein, you know, beats Chloe back yesterday. Chloe Beck should have taken that second set at one, and that's the one if you're Duke, you're kicking yourself because even more than Amaru extending the match, it really should have been Beck yep. that extended the match at one. She had a million opportunities, was up 4-3. Talk about that more, obviously, as well. But they just fight. Like this Oklahoma team is bouncing. They're scrapping. They're they're just they're so together. They're they, they epitomize staying together. And that's what college tennis like. That's what these margins are all about.
1: Yeah, wise man once said the team that loves each other the <laughs> most uh, at the end of this thing wins it all.
0: Right? A wise man once quoted a wise man once saying that. There you go. That.
1: Lots yeah. of wise men yeah. <laughs> in this thread. Um, but look, and you feel that. right yeah. you Feel this here um, on grounds. You see that energy. And they might not be the most talented lineup, position by position, but they find ways to win. They're resilient, they're scrappy, and you just feel like they're going to find that way to win, whatever that might be. And they might be struggling at three, but someone else is going to come through. So overall, I just thought it was a a good performance. I agree. It wasn't as nail-biting, we'll say, than the Texas A&M one, Uh, a little bit more straightforward. And here, but here they are. And I mean, yeah. the, the list of firsts yeah. this Oklahoma team has done this season. Everything. Everything.
0: First everything.
1: First everything. And here they are. First national championship. Yeah. First all-Big 12 final yeah. we've ever had.
0: First female coach to make the final since 2018. 2015. 2015. That's not Layla. That's Furu- not Lee- Lee. Uh, for Farouk. for Rude, excuse me. Shout yes. out
1: to uh, Stella.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Stella. And Stella sampras webster of course, who you mentioned. Uh, UCLA had made that final then. Yeah, I mean, again, they're doing it without Chanta. And, like, Ivana Corley has not played great. And certainly, again, she's had tough matches. Like, I do think. And credit to this Duke team who, after dropping doubles, we said, two, three, four. It's got to be, you know, it's got to be the nucleus. And it was the nucleus. It was, you know, Drummy. Wins her first 18 games against Carmen Corley, and then you know it sweated it out at the end certainly, but 7-5 she gets through in straights. Ellie, P- uh, excuse me, Emma Jackson at five, at three, yep. out of this world against Carmen uh, against Ivana Corley, who did all of the things a senior, sh- uh, junior, excuse me, should do upperclassmen to get in a freshman's head yeah, and make the senior. match. Oh yeah, senior, exactly. To make you never know in COVID era and make uh, make the intangibles in the match matter and. Emma Jackson blocked that out and hit through those issues and just, oh my God, her ability to get her weight moving forward into every ball is laughably exceptional.
1: pound for pound, maybe
0: one of the biggest hitters. Oh, and it's, again, exceptional. Um, I mean, Kelly Chen was never going to lose. You do wonder if Kelly Chen loses that second set, how helpful is that for Amaru just to have Kelly Chen out there and be like, okay, well... I know Kelly's going to win. Like, again, I I feel comfortable, like, competing next to Kelly because it helps with everything. And just, again, as opposed to having all of the pressure on Amaru and just you saw the errors begin to pile up. I mean, Staker won that third set, not only six love, but she won in about 15 minutes. And, again, that's a credit to Staker, who just does not flinch in those moments, does not offer anything for free again when I'm watching the match Pisa Reva was so good at 5 all due respect to Ellie Coleman but Pisa Reva just worked her which is
1: a good bounce back for Pisa Reva
0: absolutely after yeah after Gianna oh. Pilat, yeah that was the surprising one yeah, for absolutely. sure that was the one A&M in, the, in terms of the upset they got the match they needed right in terms 100%. of swinging it there's great bounce back from her again Chloe had her chances, like, yeah. and especially, she played two really bad first sets this week against Jada Daniels, drops a 6-1 first set, was able to come back in their 4-3 win over NC State, where they won that match by winning the doubles point, and then again, it was, it was, uh, what, back Drummy Chen, 1-2-4 for Duke, I believe, in yep. that match to ultimately also get them to get and Chen, Yeah, exactly, uh, in that instance as well, and, you know, again, uh, Duke had it, like, they, they came short. I, I, I think if you play that second set for Chloe Beck ten times, I think she wins at five. Like Yeah, but does she win the third? I don't know. No, that, that's a good question. I guess, again, that's the match to me when you look back at it if you're a Duke fan. Like, that's the one we needed. Yeah. At the same time, I'm not trying to – Duke had an excellent season. Like, they really did to go on the run they did at the end of the year and 4-3 loss in the NCAA semifinals. Like – I I think if you're Coach Ashworth and you're looking at this team, you are happy with the trajectory you're moving. Uh, You know, again, you're you're back on course, I suppose. Not that they were ever off the course because, like, 2019, they make the NCAA semifinals. And, you know, 2021, they made the quarterfinals but lost to UNC. Like, they're fine. The Duke women are a powerhouse, and they will remain a powerhouse, and they're bringing in some exceptional players next year as well. The only disappointment is you feel like you just didn't play your best in that semifinal. You felt like that match was there for the taking, and it's, you know, it's sour ending to lose your last set of the season six love, certainly, if you're a Blue Devil fan. At the same time, like, you look back at the Kelly Chen era, I think when you close the book on it, it was one of the better chapters we're going to see in college tennis. Like, Duke is still clicking on all cylinders, and Jamie has this program rolling.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're still here, you know, in the final weekend, basically, every year, or sniffing around it in the quarterfinals, and... I thought a big step pro, a step for this program, yeah. right, to beat North Carolina for the first time since 2018, win the ACC tournament uh-huh. for the first time since, forget the stat, but yeah. a, a while, maybe t- nine,
0: ten years, yeah. big step forward. It's more just we see Virginia rising, and what Sarah Lee is doing there, you can't deny it, NC State and Simon Earnshaw, NCAA semifinalists yeah. last year. Yep. Yeah. The ACC will still run just as much through Duke as any school. You know, North Carolina, obviously, exceptional, right. but, like, Duke is – it would have been easy to fall out of that conversation. Duke is not yeah, exactly. falling out of it. Right, exactly. Everyone else is rising and Duke is staying there. Yeah, exactly. Right? So Duke set the surpassed. standard forever and they're still at that standard. It's just others are meeting it now. Yeah, that would exactly. be my argument yeah. there. And so again, I think if you're looking prospectus forward for Blue Devils, mm, like they're, they're fine. Yep. They'll be just fine. Moving forward. But with that in mind, Red River Rivalry, part four, Texas, Oklahoma, Calculus. Who you got, Jay?
1: well look i mean so oklahoma took the first two matches of the year texas just beat them what 4-2 in the big 12 final that was with shanta she did put up a point on the board at number three over Zainalova. i was i have been impressed with oklahoma's doubles Mm -hmm. here i mean beating a&m um really impressive but i've been impressed with texas's doubles as well i go texas in doubles i I go texas at one Mm sterns over um although i do think Sleeth gets at least a game this time she did not last time. Um, I like Texas at three, Zaina Lovo over Ivana Corley, um, and I like Texas at four as well. You know, mm-hmm. the, uh, that's a rematch of the big final, Thupan, final. of Shavate course, Fon yeah. Over Guzman. I think that's the recipe for uh, for Texas. I think they get it done over Oklahoma.
0: The question I have is how much gas does Oklahoma have in the tank? Because it just feels like time after time after time, four three after four three after four three. After four, three. Eventually, the levee breaks, and it's just those margins are so thin
1: yeah well you, I mean, j- just to add on to that point i mean that kind of seemed to be what happened at indoors
0: yeah right? so that would be that's what you beat me to my point there oh, sorry no no no, no, no. <laughs> god knows i do that to you freaking every sentence you speak so please go on like yeah. how much do they have left
1: well, I don't know. I mean, look, I think this is, they would look at that indoors experience where, just to put it into context, they beat Texas for the first time in decades. Yeah. They knock off Pepperdine, right, and they fall to...
0: They win three consecutive matches, tough matches, and then, yeah, you know, win doubles in four first sets. And you could just see, like, the, what's that called? The clock with the, the, the sand, the sand, and it oh, moves yeah. through, whatever. Yeah. The, uh, the- you could see, you know, it, it just, they ran out. They ran out of sand.
1: Yeah. And, and North Carolina had been there before, yeah. right? Had that, basically, the same match against Texas the year before, came back and mm-hmm. won it. Um, and Oklahoma hadn't been on that stage before. And yeah. so I do think they ran out of gas there. They have clearly looked at that experience. Now they've only played two matches. So
0: we shall see. Yeah, that's another key point. You had to play three in a row to yep. get to, that, to the national indoor final. You only yep. had to play two in a row to get to the national, uh, NCAA final. Yep.
1: Yeah, but look, I mean, like, this is what you spend the whole season waiting for. Mm-hmm. You know? So I have no doubt that Coach Cohen and her staff will have the team ready. I just think Texas seems to be on a different level right
0: now. Yeah. No, they're they're exceptional. No doubt about that. They've hit their stride. They've been in this final before. Be honest. Did Coach Cobra ask you to pick Texas?
1: I got no ask. No bias? I got nothing. Okay. That's good. That's what I like to hear. I'll be tweeting this out after. Yeah. Although the Oklahoma one is the one I've been right on. Yeah. Basically the only one. Yeah. Uh, That was right
0: on (laughs) the quarterfinal
1: and semifinal for
0: them. Yeah. Um, No. And – Credit to you, Jay. Not enough people have said this this weekend. Credit to you, Jay. You were on Oklahoma from the start of the season. Now, not to this extent, but you were on them. You said this team was as good, and we were not talking about them enough. And yeah. I got boy, a qu- was that taken. I got take a good. quote for you. Oh, okay.
1: I'm not on the Oklahoma bandwagon. I started the Oklahoma you, bandwagon. Amen.
0: A hundred percent. I think listeners of this show week in, week out would acknowledge that and agree to that. But... Look, it's going to be a really good match. And I think it's worth noting Oklahoma 2-1 uh, against Texas this year. Texas did win their last matchup. <sighs> I mean, again, I don't make predictions anymore. Right. I, I, uh, oh, man, I just, like, I can't see this being the match Oklahoma runs out of gas. That's the thing is it's just, like, all of this and you're going to Like, they were flat down the back half of the NCAA National Indoor Finals. Excuse me. There is not a chance in hell Audra, Jose, and Cobra let that happen again. Like, yeah, they'll be I ready. I agree. At the same time, you're right. Texas is so confident right now, and they're so loose. This is a really good matchup. Like, this is a fantastic rivalry, a fantastic matchup. Again, if we play this 10 times, Pepperdine's winning a title. UNC's winning a title. AM is winning a title, in my opinion. There were other teams— I think even Duke and NC State could win a title. Like again, every team here could have won a title. Who did I not mention? There was one team I just left out there. Who did Oklahoma beat in the first round? A and M. Who was at Virginia was the one team I didn't mention. Yeah. They could have won a absolutely national. Team. Yeah, absolutely one, yeah. as well. With how well Ziadato was playing at the end of the year, are you yeah. kidding me? Like, she was so good. <laughs> yeah. And that was another match where I'm like, this is the six singles match. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. The depth is just out of this world. The quality of play is at another level. <sighs> Your t- scoreboard. Texas
1: 4-2?
0: I'm going 4-2. Okay. I think it's going to be a really good match. Yeah. I think it's going to be 4-3 no matter what.
1: Yeah. I think, it's, I think it's worth the celebration of what this Oklahoma team has done. Yeah. To have a new program, a new faces like this, it, it's a really exciting time at women's stands. You talk about the depth. That depth brings new teams. yeah, And that is what we're
0: seeing here. I'll also say this, pay Audra Cohen. Pay her now. If you're Oklahoma, you open up paid? the checkbook. <laughs> no, better be but paid. you open up the checkbook and you say, 10 years, what number do you want on the other end? Do you want, <laughs> I'm not going to say the yeah. number out loud, but it's 10 years and you pick the number per year yeah. because we need to lock you up and we need to lock you up now because if you don't, eventually, you know, you hear things. I love Drake Bernstein. I don't think he's going to get replaced at, you know, I think he will be the successor to Jeff Wallace at Georgia. That's the job. When Jeff Wallace inevitably retires, how do you not call Audra and say, come lead the program in college tennis history? Like, God, hand glove Audra Georgia. Like, come be our face. If you're UCLA in the post-Stella era, how do you not say, Come be the coach at the program. Like, we had this conversation off mic. Yeah, obviously. And I think
1: it's a. Uh, a, a it's very hypothetical. Different podcast, right? Yeah. Um, because
0: you're right. Certainly, the focus today is on, on is the match champion. You're right. And that said, if you're Oklahoma and you want to secure, her, pay Audra, <laughs> pay her right now. Like it's just absurd. And so she is the future of this sport. She epitomizes everything in the growth in women's college tennis can be, and she epitomizes the energy in the face again. The bouncing, the energy Oklahoma shows, that's what we want this sport to be moving forward. And so I just cannot credit this Oklahoma team enough. Again, the energy they show. God, is this final going to be good? And again, I'm not predicting. You predict Texas 4-2. For, for for two. Two. What was your Virginia 4-1? I'll go 4-1. Those are your predictions, folks. That's how we see the NCAA championship breaking down. Of course, indoors draw uh, indoors, individual draws are now out as well, and French Open's rocking and rolling. Busy stuff in the individuals. Busy, busy stuff right now uh, in the tennis world. And of course we will be back hopefully every day now the remainder of the week to break it all down for you, of course. If you missed any of our French Open preview content, I think some of that still holds up here on the Mini Break podcast feed. And yeah, we've got busy times ahead. Busy times from a content perspective. I'm, May, I'm gonna Madness, I'm sorry. gonna do a better job looking wide awake for everyone because I'm sick of being told I look tired I'm like you look tired (laughs) shut up Um, but no again uh, busy times and again none of this would be possible Jay without your immense help I'm so grateful for all you have done this season it does feel like we've been able to take our coverage to another level and that's because of your contributions just what you've done to help make our team complete so I will compliment you even if none of the other parents will uh, (laughs) as always my friend and by the way that's a joke there have been so many kind parents and again to the parents to the players to all of you a keep giving like you know what's more fun than just coming up and being like oh you're the greatest is like telling me why i'm wrong because there's nothing i enjoy more than engaging and it's never an argument it's an engagement or at least it's not an argument for me i'm not going to speak for you here um no i don't know know. i'm just saying i haven't heard your conversations maybe someone did not i'm not being argumentative no no no, 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 no. i'm not saying you're being argumentative i'm saying people are coming up to you and arguing with you as opposed to in in as opposed to uh it starts with an e the word i'm I'm looking for engaging thank you engaging you Wow, that's the word I forgot. Maybe I am tired. <laughs> um, but, again, to all of your parents, tell us why we're wrong. Tell us why we're right. Do uh, any, anything you want to do. Just continue to engage because that's what makes this college tennis world so special is that we do have that sort of community. But, again, one day left to go in the team, uh, team season. Texas, Oklahoma, 7 p.m. Central Time. Of course, you should have gone chronologically probably and said our men's final, Virginia first. versus Kentucky. Yeah, exactly. 3 p.m. Central Time. All that action available on the Tennis One app. Myself, Mike Cation, Haley Carter will be on the ones and twos, rocking and rolling with that in mind. Jay, any final thoughts? Hour and a half. Did we go short on this podcast? Do you expect longer or shorter?
1: I, thought, I, I I. mean, we could have stayed here all day.
0: Yeah, we could keep going. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing is it's
1: just I got to go do some stuff. Well, the reason being, everybody, he needs to go and, and chat. He needs <laughs> to go and shake some hands.
0: And, you Kiss know, some babies. some people. Yeah.
1: Um, so we will let you go do that. I have no more thoughts. I'm looking forward to these finals. It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to recapping stuff with you over the coming days and weeks, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we've got
0: some big picture things to discuss we as well. We've got a lot
1: to discuss for sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. We're outdoors today. Uh, and we got to do this in person. We got to do it in person. Yeah, which yeah, know. I got the full headset on. You've got, you've got all the tech. Equipment,
0: here, so. I know. I, and self sufficient. Who needs super producer Danny Westhoff, yeah, who, well, no, as always, has a well, the, job to the, do.
1: On the, record, on the record, no calls to Westhoff to set this up.
0: <laughs> Almost. Almost had a call, but I figured it out myself. Almost yeah, did, but did. But we did figure it out. That's
1: actually hilarious. But no, I'm looking forward to it. Um, good luck on the broadcast today. I appreciate I've been it. doing rave reviews. So, um, you um, know looking forward to it.
0: I appreciate that. And again, the love we've received from our Crack Rackets community means everything to us. So with that said, for the fantastic John J. Parsons, our super producer, Daniel Westhoff, our friends at Tennis Point, from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Jay, what do we tell our listeners? That's a break. And we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.